likely to get up before dawn, milk cows work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And we have a couple of bombshells today, a couple of big deals, breaking news. Um, One would be the documents, uh, the second batch of documents that Biden um, was found, you know, uh, and a lot of people are wondering where those documents are. And... Uh, John Pierre, will, will, the White House press secretary, will not uh, will not reveal where those are, and a lot of people seem to think um, that uh, they're probably at his house because they're not in a secure place. See, the Penn, Penn Biden uh, Center that got fifty four million dollars from China. Anonymously, like they're anonymous, um, that is a situation where that might be a little bit more secure. Then the question is, why were the attorneys looking into it anyway? Why, why in the world were the attorneys even peeling that onion? You know, a document is just sitting in a drawer. Why in the world were they going through these documents. And then your lawyers, I guess they have a duty. They're bound. Um, I'm not sure exactly why it is that these documents are getting released. You know, the cover-up, I mean, it's so easy. Uh, you know that Biden's been covering up for 50 years. So who's turning on Joe Biden? That would be another question that I would ask. Like, are they trying to get rid of them? Um, one of my theories, just a theory, <clears throat> But the theory is, is that, you know, when in 2018, the Democrats committed election fraud and the House was taken over by Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff and all those dirtbags. And they it led to impeachment and it had an impact on Trump. 
it polarized our nation. It divided our country. And it led the way to, you know, all kinds of of, of rioting and and uh, just cha- anarchy and chaos. And the Democrats were in control of the House, and they, they allowed that to happen. And they covered up for it, and the media covered up for it, and basically said, I don't know why there isn't more protests in the street. And it was this chaos and confusion and cover-up, like the Russian hoax, the Ukrainian witch hunt. You know, all these things have to do with Trump. I actually believe, though, that the Russian hoax and the Ukrainian corruption going all the way back to 2013 and the American State Department and their cohorts in the Atlantic Council and the uh, Brookings Institution and all these other so-called think tanks, like the Biden Center is supposed to be a think tank with the name Biden on it, a guy who showers with his daughter, and a guy who has a crack son, a heroin and crack-addicted son, He's now going to be in charge of, you know, overseeing a federal program to allow for different places where you can go and and take your heroin without reprisal, without without uh, getting arrested. <clears throat> it's sort of giving up on the whole idea of what worked for cigarettes, because. The more and more they banned cigarettes, it was frustrating for those who were addicted to cigarettes. But ultimately, it worked. You look at how many people smoke today. It's it's far fewer than it used to be. So, I mean, this whole idea of setting up places where people can actually get zombied out on heroin is, is insane. But they're saying, okay, less... Uh, spread of AIDS and hepatitis uh, from the dirty needles, less um, uh, overdoses when it's managed properly. That's not the answer, though, to the addiction problem. And that was something that was, you know, <clears throat> covered, um, I think it was on Tucker last night. Was, uh, if you record that kind of thing, uh, check it out. It's, it's kind of interesting that that's the path they're taking. Legalizing marijuana frees up the courts, you know. It, but it's it's throwing a blind eye to the bigger problem. Open borders is one of the biggest problems at all, of all. You know, protecting our country. And then the lawlessness, our criminal justice system. We need harsher penalties for, for all of this stuff. And we wouldn't have these problems if we had harsher penalties. But... Our our justice system has been taken over by money, backed by people like George Soros, if not George Soros. And it's a cancer inside our system. It's allowing our culture to decay. And so it is, here we are, 
we have these major corruptions. And Joe Biden was covering up the misdeeds. This goes back to Trump winning in 2016. And when Trump won, it was unexpected. Nobody expected that. In 2016, the election was rigged, but they didn't know what algorithm was needed. Trump blew, blew all, the, all the benchmarks. Trump performed better than expected. And Trump brought something new to the table. And they didn't calculate the algorithm for the mass appeal of Donald Trump. The populace. And this is what happened with Brexit prior to Trump. And even Trump prognosticated that correctly when he was over in Turnberry, cutting the ribbon on that. He predicted that, that Brexit would happen against all odds. And there was this wave of populism and nationalism and unilateral trade deals and all of these different things were happening against the wishes and the will of the globalists, the Klaus Schwab's and the World Economic Forums and the Davos's, you know, everything that's, you know, and like I said uh, with a caller the other day, I said the World Economic Forum is a liaison. It's a hub that connects, and, and so are think tanks, by the way. <clears throat> so World Economic Forum is sort of like a think tank, it's a uh, networking uh, center. And by networking, I mean, I'm not talking about IT. I'm talking about, you know, people networking and communicating, setting up conferences and board meetings and having private discussions, having a place to do that. It's why people have conferences all over the place all the time. And so... The World Economic Forum is a liaison between global governments, or, or no, the World Economic Forum is a liaison between governments and corporations. And when you have that hub, you have governments that can strategize with corporations and fulfill their agenda and they fulfill their agenda whether it be climate whether it be COVID whether it be anything like that and they fulfill these agendas so long as they're part of the global playbook so you're not going to get the you're not going to get to go to World Economic Forum if you don't buy into the Klaus Schwab agenda so you have these individuals that are never elected by anybody that are setting up a platform for governments to fulfill their agendas, their radical socialist liberal agendas. And in exchange, they get lots of money for their campaigns so long as they agree to play ball. And the corporations are also doing the same thing. 
So the corporations, they're saying, okay, well, if we have the government giving us these government contracts, and if we have the government setting up rules and regulations that benefit us over our competitors who aren't playing ball with the World Economic Forum, then we have a clear advantage not only to win elections, but to prosper and and, uh, fulfill our fiduciary duty to our shareholders and get a lot of that BlackRock Vanguard money, seed money, that's necessary to grow and dominate in the capital markets around the world and get access to that slave labor So long as we have open borders, we can get that slave labor. So long as we have open borders, we can get those voters. See, it's both. And there is a marriage between, there is a marriage between the corporations and the governments so that they could skirt around the bylaws and constitutions that they have going on in their country. In the United States, we have our own constitution. But we have leaders at the top that are kissing the ring and bowing to the rules and bylaws, not of our constitution and what our founding fathers put out, but they're, they're bowing and, and paying allegiance to the World Economic Forum, so that they can gain access and build relationships with corporations. And the corporations look at the same value and they say, well, this is great value. That we get to actually have this great value. This value is that we get the support of governments. That's better than what we've ever could have had ever. And that assures our success. And it's the World Economic Forum that is the hub. It's the hub for all of that. And you can't have multiple hubs. You have, or or it's sort of like a bipolar world or a, a unilateral world. You know, you have one currency, then you have another currency. You know, it. This is the World Economic Forum currency. This is why the World Economic Forum is tied to BlackRock and Vanguard because they have all these assets and all this money and all this strength. And this is why they're so big that they're bigger than governments. And this is what is going on in our world. The other bombshell that we're going to cover today is the bombshell that says that there are new papers that have been released that says that the Pentagon and the CIA and the State Department were, uh, there's evidence that says that COVID was a bioweapon. And that's not really that new, but that, you know, Fauci was part of that. And I've been saying this for a long, long time. And I'm going to play a clip from what I said back in September, less than a month before I was actually hospitalized for my spine injury. Uh, And so I was in a lot of pain then, actually. 
but I was I was saying that then I did a little search. You know, I if you go to uh, scottadamsshow dot com, you can look at these podcasts. You click in, you go to uh, um, you go to SoundCloud, and that's where my podcasts are stored. And if you put in Scott Adams Show and then type like Fauci or Fauci bioweapon, uh, you could find all of my shows where I actually talk about that stuff. And if you type Sierra Mella or you type, uh, you know, Michael Carpenter or something like that, you'll find information about that. So you can find shows based on my uh, tags on the shows. And that's how you do it. So scottadamsshow.com would be the place where you would go, click on the podcast, and you can actually find a show that's tailored to a subject. So that's kind of an interesting thing. And I thought it was interesting because I knew I'd been talking about it for a long, long time, about Fauci being untouchable. And that's why he has such arrogance. And that's why he's so wealthy. And I also use the uh, analogy that, it you know, Einstein was against the atom bomb, but yet he was working with the Pentagon and top secret classified documents to... Uh, produce a, a nuclear bomb. And Fauci, I think, was doing the same thing. Fauci's nowhere near as smart as Einstein. He's actually pretty dumb. He's a he's a smart guy in that he can make a lot of money and exploit. You know, he could be a criminal like Charlie Manson. A lot of people say Charlie Manson was actually not that dumb. He was pretty smart. But evil. And I think that Fauci is one of those psychopaths. It's just smart, but evil, right? Arrogant and full of himself. A lot like what you would see in a lot of our Ivy League institutions now. People that would literally cut your throat to get to the top, but put on their tweed jacket and act like they're holier than thou. Which is what we have at the University of Pennsylvania right now. So it's disgusting, and I wouldn't want to be one of those people to, for all the price, uh, all the tea in China, all the rice in China, price of rice in China, whatever you want to call it. So we're going to get started on some clips because we have a lot of clips and we have a lot of stuff to cover today. Um, but the two big bombshells are that new documents have been released that tie the Pentagon to the bioweapon named COVID, and that people... Uh, were subjected without their knowledge. And there was documents written up that basically said it's okay to give people vaccines or give people drugs without their author- authorization. If that doesn't scare you, I don't know what does. They can put that in your water. Uh, there's an article out that they're talking about um, infecting bees uh, and and loading bees up with vaccines, and then the bee stings you. And Bill Gates was fin- financing um, mosquitoes to do very much the same thing. I think it's just unbelievable where we are right now with with regard to civil liberties. You know, our body. We have these monsters. Like I say. We are at war with our own government because our own government has sold out 
for their agenda. They think they're the smartest people in the room. And the corporate media is in on that alliance. They're either in or they're out. And if you're out, you're out of business. And if you're in, you're in like Flynn. You're in all the way. And so when Klaus Schwab sits up there and he says, yes, we control the churches, we control the media, we control the educational institutions, we control the governments, we have penetrated the governments, and we have all these corporate sponsors. So, I mean, he's got control of it all. And I think that somewhere, somewhere along the way, once common sense minds coalesce in Congress, someone needs to actually set up a uh, a ban, not just on TikTok. Don't just ban TikTok, but literally ban censorship and ban and hold the social media uh, accountable to the First and, and Fourth Amendments. That's illegal searches and seizures and free speech. And those that would be the start. And then the second thing is ban Chinese operations like TikTok and also ban the World Economic Forum and the globalist agenda because it's it's really truly not about America at all. It's about world domination. And that's what we're fighting. And our government, our own government, our politicians that we're electing or that are rigging elections to get power. And that's what I really think. I think it's the latter. Are selling out America. And so when we get to this latest story about the Biden documents, it's bigger. And I noticed how much trending the bot, the liberal bots that are out there on Twitter right now. I noticed an uptick, like they took this seriously. You could almost see a pattern. They know this is actually a huge deal. And if it gets out, you know, I think that the fact that this even leaked out is the beginning of the end for Biden. It could very well be. I'm not making that prediction, but I actually don't think this. they want this 80-year-old who said he's going to run for re-election. And frankly, I would like, I would rather run against him than Gavin Newsom frankly, or Akeem Jeffries or someone like that. Although you're going to find dirt on all these people because they're just such dirtbags. But in any case, so we're going to get started. Uh, one of the things I wanted to start, there's a lot of good things happening. Um, they're, they're putting together a bill for uh, consumption tax. I support consumption tax. I think it's a great thing. Some people are saying, uh, it's going to tax uh, the poor. And uh, I just think that there's a lot of people right now in the post-COVID world, in the wake of COVID, labor participation rate has never climbed back to what it was before COVID. Again, then again, it was a strong Trump economy, but uh, labor participation rate is not where it needs to be because too many people are still living off this government dole. And, and, uh, there's all, you know, and the post COVID rules, like they've extended with all this stimulus spending, they've extended things 
to where you can't get evicted like you used to be. So there's not been this urgency to get back to work. And there's still a lot of people that just don't aren't doing the jobs. They've been spoiled or something. Something's going on. And so what needs to happen? And, and then there's this whole thing about millions of people coming through our border. And they're not paying any taxes, but they're consuming. So I think that that's a whole other tax base that we could benefit from. Why not benefit from you know, those tax dollars. So if they buy, you know, because they're not employed or if they're employed, they're employed under the table and they're spending money and they're getting away with murder. So why not put them in the tax code? And so this, you know, every April 15th, you wouldn't have to deal with these problems, this anxiety. Oh, it's April 15th. I have to get my taxes in. No. Don't even deal with that. Just basically just just do what you do, you know? Just go on with your life and everything you buy is taxed. And that would probably drive prices down a little bit because the prices would end up going up because of the taxes. I think a consumption tax is a good way to go. So, now we have um, our first... Thing. I was the first, uh, Andy Biggs says this, I was the first member of Congress to introduce impeachment articles against DHS Secretary Mayorkas. I will reintroduce these articles with even more justification very soon. He has put this country in peril and has not adhered to his oath of office. So the first thing we're going to start with a little bit is uh, the border security, the open border. Let's take a listen to uh, this quick clip. Because we're going to get to the heart and meat and potatoes of this show in just a moment. What this guy has done to dismantle our border and put this country in peril economically, national security-wise, uh, crime-wise, uh, the inhumanity, not to mention the environmental impact, all of these things uh, have been uh, put in jeopardy because of this guy and his policies. What this guy... Yeah, absolutely. And um, and now this is the biggest blow of the week. And I queued that up because, um, you know, President Biden was uh, or Joe Biden, uh, criminal Joe, um, was in Mexico and he was given a joint speech with uh, Justin Trudeau, uh, AMLO, which is Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador and Joe Biden. And of course, AMLO, the president of Mexico, is a renowned socialist, right? So he's, he's as far left as Joe. Maybe not. I don't know. But here it is. So the Mexican president says this. This, had, this was great, but you have to hear it. Once you hear it, you can't unhear it. You? Yes, President Biden, you are the first president of the United States in a very long time that has not built not even one meter of wall. And that, we thank you for that, sir. You're the first president that has not built one meter of wall, he says. <laughs> now, you know, we all heard 
Joe Biden talk about Donald Trump and how irresponsible Donald Trump was for having classified documents at Mar-a-Lago. Well, we know that he has them at the Penn Center. Now there's a second batch, and that batch, nobody knows where they got them. They won't tell anybody. So why doesn't the FBI raid the house? Why not? They should, but they won't because it's Merrick Garland, and Merrick Garland is corrupt. So let's take a listen to this exchange from Peter Ducey to uh, KGP, KG, KJP, Jean-Pierre. On these documents, how could anyone be that irresponsible? How that could possibly happen? How one, anyone could be that irresponsible? It, isn't that what this president says about mishandling classified documents? The president spoke to this personally. He spoke to this personally. He, again, he believes that uh, classified documents and information should be taken seriously. He takes them seriously. And he was surprised it's, it's to learn by any, any records. Had been. I disagree. I disagree. On these documents, how could anyone be that irresponsible? How that could possibly happen? How one, anyone could be that irresponsible? It, isn't that what this president says about mishandling classified documents? The president spoke to this personally. He spoke to this personally. He, again, he believes that uh, classified documents and information should be taken seriously. He takes them seriously. And he was surprised it's, it's to learn by any, any records. All right, I played that twice, and I kind of did it on purpose. But I was also reading this text uh, from some uh, from a listener. Uh, I think I know the name, but uh, it says, uh, "Scott, do you think there is any room for the thought that lower number of people back to jobs has anything to do with vaccine injured? Is it a number of things?" Uh, that's a great question, and. Um, I think there's something to that, the vaccine injured. So, you know, here's the thing about that. Um, this uh, expose uh, that talks about COVID, right? Let's let's talk about COVID for just a second since that, uh, that was brought up. Well, actually, no. We're going to cover the, uh, because we, we just ran that clip about the documents. We're going to cover the documents, and then we're going to cover the Fauci and COVID. We're going to do that in that order. So in about 15, 20 minutes from now, we're going to be covering the uh, Fauci thing um, and the uh, bioweapon and the vaccine. There's a couple of really great clips I have that are going to just be great. So let's let's get through this, though, one step at a time. But that's great. Um, thank you for that text. All right. U.S. intelligence materials related to Ukraine, Iran, and U.K. found in Biden's private office, source tells CNN. CNN is on top of it. Biden, and Breitbart says, Biden Center at UPenn received $54.6 million from anonymous Chinese donations. Wow. And then, remember, um, uh, in 2020, Nina Jankowicz and longtime State Department official Michael Carpenter told the media that tapes of Biden pressuring Ukraine to fire its prosecutor were misinformation. They were real, but 
then but both then got both then got plum job offers both of them got uh, plum job offers in the new administration well everybody does the covers for the bidens the biden campaign also tried to get youtube to censor the tapes even though they were neither fabricated not stolen the media quoted the two deeply conflicted people as nonpartisan experts and that their quotes enabled the media to cover the tapes. This shows the Biden camp's track record of falsely claiming disinformation to suppress true but negative information. The tapes showed Biden aggressively making. So I think that Trump won the election unexpectedly. And remember when Joe Biden was talking with Porinchenko? And what ended up happening there is that he was talking with Poronchenko. He was trying to cover up the fact that that Trump was going to find this information out. And that's why when 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 um, Trump started talking about CrowdStrike and looking into Hunter Biden's laptop and or looking into Hunter Biden in Ukraine and the money that he was getting from Burisma. That's when he got impeached. That's when Alexander Vindman kicked into gear and notified George Kent, the bow tie wearing guy who tried to get uh, Trump impeached. And he's a Foreign Service diplomat, you know, working with the State Department and working with the Atlantic Council, working with the Brookings Institution, Fiona Hill. And then they were working with this guy named Eric Ciaramella. Eric Ciaramella. And was was gay and, and had a lover named Sean Misko. And Sean Misko was, and Eric Ciaramella were both working NSC for Obama and had White House detail and were carried over into the Trump administration. But then what ended up happening is they ended up going back to the CIA and to the State Department and... Then what happened was Adam Schiff hired Sean Misko. And he's the guy with the little droopy eye. And he's the lover of Eric Ciaramella. And Eric Ciaramella is photographed with a guy named Michael Carpenter, who just so happens is part of the Biden Center. He's the main guy at the Biden Center. He was also the guy that was sitting to Biden's right stage left, or stage right, but if you're the audience, it's to his left, sitting there listening to Joe Biden tell this tale of how he fired, had Victor Shokin fired, the guy that was being interviewed by Rudy Giuliani. He was the prosecutor looking into Burisma. And Joe Biden, before the Council for Foreign Relations, is sitting there bragging about how he withhold a billion dollars until they fired the guy that was looking into Burisma. And Michael Carpenter was sitting right there. And there's photographs of Michael Carpenter and Eric Ciaramella working with Joe Biden's team in Italy at a table. And Michael Carpenter is part of the Biden Center that got $54.6 million from China. Are you kidding me? And so they were 
doing all kinds of business with Hunter Biden in Ukraine and Burisma. And Mitt Romney and his dude, Kofor Black, guess what Kofor Black was? Senior official at CIA, CIA director, I think, at one point. Kofor Black, CIA spook. The CIA is always involved. The State Department and the CIA are as liberal as they can get. They're as academic as they can get. And they're about as dumb as you could ever get. But they're dirty, they're rotten, and they're scoundrels. And they're the ones that are ruining our country. They're the ones that are flying uh, Black Lives Matter and rainbow flags at their embassies all over the world, going woke, supporting climate initiatives and COVID initiatives all in the world of globalism because of the biggest sellouts and liars on the planet. The State Department, the CIA, the FBI, and the IRS have all attacked conservative groups over the last decade. We've been under siege by our own government. And it's got to stop. And how we're fighting back is we're just doing this. We're doing our, we're doing our deal here. So we got a lot of little clips here surrounding this situation. But to set it up also, listen to this. Remember this clip? Well, listen. Overdrive to clean up loose ends. November 16, 2016, two weeks after Donald Trump's victory, Joe Biden is on the phone with Poroshenko. His voice tenser now than before. This is getting very, very close. What I don't want to have happen. I don't want Trump to get into position where he thinks he's about to buy onto a politics where the financial system is going to collapse and he's going to be looked to to pour more money into Ukraine. That's how he'll think about it before he gets sophisticated enough to know the details. In other words, Biden does not want Ukraine asking for more money from Trump. Doing so would cause Trump to look into the details. So anything you can do to push the the Pravada Bank uh, um, to closure so that the IMF loan comes forward, I would respectfully suggest is critically important to your economic as well as physical security. Your economic and physical security are in jeopardy if you don't do what I tell you to do. How do you like those apples? This is a, Joe Biden is the biggest scumbag. So l- listen, listen to this. And I said, I'm not going to, we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was what, six hours. I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired and they put in place someone who was solid at the time and, uh, so- how do you like that that's uh joe biden right take a listen to this he was vice president they compare they try to say trump's situation was worse than joe biden's it wasn't he had no right to declassify anything because he was vice president President Trump was president when he declassified 
just by deeming so. So let's take a listen. President, because he's the president, vice, then former Vice President Joe Biden did not have these same privileges as vice president as presidents do. They, vice presidents, like anyone else, cannot take government records. They can't take presidential records when they leave, leave office, and they certainly can't take classified records. The president, the president can take his presidential records when he leaves office, whether they're classified or not. No one else can, and so that's the issue. President, uh, Vice President Joe Biden absolutely stole government records. He absolutely stole classified records when he left office. By the mere fact that they are in his possession, he ha- he moved them at least once when he left before he left office on January twentieth, two thousand seventeen. He moved them again when he moved into this uh, this Biden pen office at one hundred one Constitution Avenue in Washington D.C. in February of two thousand eighteen. It apparently has other stolen classified records at another location. The FBI needs to do a raid of, of his homes and offices to, to, to gather all these records like they did with President Trump. Yep, but they won't because we are in a banana republic right now, folks. This is America. Let's take a listen to this. Penn Biden Center because there's a really crucial player in all of this, which is called West Exec Advisors. And it was founded by Antony Blinken, who is, of course, the Secretary of State But this really served kind of as a pipeline. Um, The office is actually just across the street from the White House. um, And that kind of symbolizes what the purpose of this company was. It basically staffed the entire Biden regime from top to bottom, top people like Antony Blinken, but even down really in, in every single agency. But why this is so particularly interesting and relevant now is because Antony Blinken served as the managing director of the Penn Biden Center. Uh, You also had Steve Reschetti, who was also a very, very senior aide to Joe Biden in the White House, also served um, as managing director of this Penn Biden Center after Blinken. But Blinken's firm, West Exec Advisors, deleted web pages, which show you that there is indeed a cover-up, actually showed that his client base included, and this is a direct quote, U.S. research universities. And do you know what exactly they were advising them on? Again, this is not conspiracy. This is a direct quote from a deleted web page. How they could help these universities, quote, remain a trusted partner for Department of Defense-sponsored research grants while expanding foreign research collaboration, accepting foreign donations, and welcoming foreign students in key STEM programs. And by the way, anytime they're using the word foreign there, 99% uh, of the time, they're referring to China. Anyone who knows the numbers in terms of Chinese students coming overseas, Chinese money, China outperforms every other country, whether it's donations, research, or students. Um, So this really shows you how evil it was. They were advising these universities how to still receive not just taxpayer-funded grants, but taxpayer-funded grants from the Pentagon to conduct research while simultaneously, you know, opening their wallets to cash from the Chinese Communist Party. They've since deleted all of this activity. But again, just to just to reiterate, Secretary of State Antony Blinken's firm used to court foreign donations for America's top U.S. for America's top universities. And he was also the managing director of the Penn Biden Center, which, as we explained in the last block, really is kind of a key player in this very, very shady, yeah. multi-ten million dollar deals of Chinese money flowing into And no wonder uh, Blinken got the job as the Secretary of State. So, um, it's bizarre, you know, it's absolutely bizarre. And Amy Gutman, the president of Penn, is now the ambassador for Germany. 
Simple. Let's take a listen to this. Look, I was the guy that came out and said that it looked like the documents the FBI was after at Mar-a-Lago were the Russiagate documents. They were not able to find them. They were not able to find what was there because the contents matter. We're told that the time frame of these documents, 2013 to 2016, it included classified information on where Ukraine, what was being run in Ukraine, what operations were the intelligence agencies running in Ukraine in 2013 to 2016. That's the entire Maidan revolution, the Maidan coup when the president of ukraine duly elected remember defend democracy defend democracy but except for that one uh he gets knocked off in a u.s backed color revolution then we're also told uk what was going on in the uk in 2016 let's ask gina haspel because she was the cia station chief right there in london Crossfire hurricane was being run out of London with the MI6 agent Christopher Steele. That's where the meetings were taking place. That's where Mifsud was. That's where Papadopoulos was. They were running all of this out of London. So my question to them is, why were those documents brought back from that time frame? Did this have anything to do with that information? And why is it in an office at 101 Constitution Avenue, same uh, same building, by the way, as One American News and um, Epoch Times, right upstairs there, funded by the Chinese government. Why are those documents sitting in the Penn Biden Center uh, in the first place? 101 uh, Constitution is where Fox News and all, every media outlet is is there. It's right down the street from the Capitol. I've been in that building many times. Um, but here it says... Uh, Biden aides find second batch of classified documents at new locations. So that's the NBC. NBC's uh, doing that one. Um, the tape of Joe Biden demanding corrupt Ukrainian prosecutor general uh, be removed from office and returned for $1 billion in loan guarantees is leaked, prompting treason probe in Kiev. Well, what, what they've done is they've done research on this. And they've real, they've because everybody on the left was basically saying, ah, that's that's Russian propaganda. That's not true. That's that's false. That's uh, that's not been verified. No, that's been verified. Totally true. And uh, that was just a media cover up once again for the Biden and for the left and for globalism. And here, the New York Post comes out with an article. Uh, it says, "Don't buy uh, Biden's surprise. Classified documents were moved at le- at least twice." With the report, reported discovery of a second batch of highly classified documents connected to President Biden, the decisions of Attorney General Merrick Garland are fast moving from the inexplicable to the incomprehensible. And this is by Jonathan Turley, this article. Garland was presumably briefed that classified documents were discovered in Joe Biden's old office on November 2nd. So they they covered it up for the midterm election because if they came out with it, while at the same time they're raiding Mar-a-Lago, they're saying that uh, President Trump committed treason, that he was careless with classified documents, uh, that we need um, the adults in the room, right? Well, that's uh, absurd. So let's take a listen to Tucker Carlson real quick. So that's the frustratingly familiar headline from this week's story, which you've probably seen by now. But the details of the story are actually pretty interesting. So a week before these last midterm elections, Joe Biden's lawyers were, for some reason, rooting around in a locked closet 
in the Washington office of something called the Penn Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement. And while in that locked closet, Biden's lawyers found a sheaf of highly classified government documents. So the first question here is, why were Joe Biden's lawyers doing this in the first place? And we can't say for sure because they haven't told us, but it is weird. Lawyers don't typically search locked closets. Yours probably don't. But Biden's lawyers did. And we guess they did because they understood that Republicans were about to win back the House and with it congressional subpoena power. So they were likely conducting a cleanup operation preemptively, trying to get ahead of a scandal they knew was coming. And of course, they hid what they found in that closet until after the midterm elections because there's no reason to influence voters too much with information. So there's that. And then there's the question of the so-called Penn Biden Center at the University of Pennsylvania. What is that exactly? The whole idea of an academic Biden Center is pretty funny. Joe Biden is a moron. He's always been a moron, even before the dementia. For decades in Washington, ask anyone who lived there, Biden was famous as the dumbest member of the Senate. People made jokes about it. So why would an Ivy League university name a think tank after a man who can't think and then pay him nearly a million dollars a year for not doing anything? Hmm, good question. Well, more on that in just a minute. But first, a word about classified documents. Now, this is not a partisan point, not attacking anybody. It's just the truth. These people you see on television huffing and puffing about vital state secrets on both sides, by the way, not just Democrats, everybody, vital state secrets. They're either lying or they don't really understand how Washington works. How many legitimate vital state secrets are there? Well, actually, not very many at all. In a democracy, the government has no right to hide what it's doing from the public except under extraordinary circumstances. It's fine to classify the Normandy invasion until it happens. It is not fine to spend 60 years hiding the fact that the CIA was involved in the murder of a president. Hiding your involvement in the Kennedy assassination is not a national security precaution. It is criminal behavior. And it's made possible by a classification regime that was designed not to protect this country, but to protect and enrich our permanent political class, which it very efficiently does. Oh, but our enemies, screeched the morons on TV. If we declassify these documents, whatever they are, if we do that, our enemies will learn our secrets. Please. China already knows our secrets, all of our secrets. The Chinese government has hacked every agency in Washington, and everybody knows that, and nobody seems to care. The Biden administration cares so little, in fact, it just suspended a counter-espionage program designed to stop Chinese spying. In other words, the Chinese can know, but you can't know. Biden trusts Beijing more than he trusts you. So the media's job, its only job, really, is to push back against attitudes like that and to seek the truth. Reporters are the people who are paid, who for a living find out what your government is doing and then tell you about it so democracy can continue. But there are very few of those left. Julian Assange is in prison for his efforts. Ed Snowden lives in exile. And the news organizations that remain are so thoroughly controlled by government agencies that even the suggestion of more public transparency drives them to hysteria. Watch CNN and MSNBC, for example, react to the news that Republicans in Congress might tell us some of what the thoroughly corrupt intel community has been doing in our name. A House committee where Republicans can shred at the integrity of the federal government and tell America that your government is spying on you and coming after you, that is at the heart of this teardown, break down the government. We can't. Well, they are, right? Uh, let's just switch over to uh, before we run out of time here today. Um, there's a lot more to that, but you get the idea. All right. So listen to this open. 
right? This is about the, 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 the other bombshell story that we're going to cover in more detail tomorrow. New report shows that the Department of Defense, yes, the Pentagon, controlled the COVID-19 program from the very beginning, and everything we were told was political theater, basically to cover it up, right down to the FDA vaccine approval process. It was all theater. That means that human beings were used as props, essentially. According to newly obtained documents, the Pentagon used a combination of shady approval authorizations that are still in use, including the PREP Act, the Emergency Use Authorization, and other transaction authority, the OTA, all of which shielded big pharma agencies, medical participants that delivered unregulated vaccines from any liability and protected them, basically. We've gone through a lot of these documents and just showed how they are not on the hook for any of this liability. These documents... And it goes on to say that we were guinea pigs, that they uh, that they used us as test, test dummies for those who were taking it. And this goes back to September 9th, 2021. I was actually very ill then. But I did this show and I said this. Does anybody believe that Fauci is protected? I think most people are going to say yes. But how is he protected? I believe that Fauci was working on a bioweapon in coordination with China. And I think he's protected by the CIA and the military intelligence. Because this bioweapon, just like I think it was Einstein that was working on an atom bomb, the H-bomb, the atoms and the bomb. It was these scientists. They were protected too. What if they had a lab explosion right in the United States? And what if it was the case that, oh, we'll sign off on that bioweapon so long as you do it in China? Someplace far away. You get the idea. So there's going to be more of that tomorrow. But I've been covering this probably before a lot of people. Uh, I don't know anybody else that was covering that in September 2021. Actually, I said this before then, but I just couldn't find that show. But uh, in any case, go to scottadamsshow.com. Check out those podcasts. You can do a search over at SoundCloud once you get to scottadamsshow.com. So that brings us to the end of our show. We are going to be covering this in greater detail tomorrow and peeling this onion even more. Uh, and I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out magapack.org. Make a donation if you can to support America First policies to make America great again. Also use Red State as your promo code over at mypillow.com. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, buddy. Just to bury my kids right up to there. 